is the Inside Edge. Your home for Blue Jackets news and conversation. Sponsored by Honda Marysville and Moomoo Express Car Wash. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McGalligan and Jody Shelley. Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets getting a big win last night over the New Jersey Devils. Picking up another two points and getting set for games later in the week against the Los Angeles Kings and the Boston Bruins. That Bruins game is going to be a big one as Rick Nash will have his number 61 retired by the Blue Jackets prior to that game. I'm Bob McElligot along with Jody Shelley a little bit later on. Jack Roslovic is going to join us on this show. But Jody, last night, to me, that was just the uh, definition of find a way, grind it out, whatever you want to say. Doesn't it seem like every game against the New Jersey Devils is the exact same game? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> they do have a little more pop, though, don't they, Bob? They're they're They've got so much young talent. Yeah, it's a, instead of two to one, it's four to three. You're right. Yeah, yeah, but you know you can see the surges throughout the game. But I agree, it's still maybe it's just the jersey. I feel the same way about the Minnesota Wild. We haven't seen them yet, but there's something about the brand of hockey they play that maybe it's just the way we we've always thought them to be that way. Marty Berdur was in the building, of course. He was legendary when those Devils won that cup, and he's now in, the, in management there. Uh, yeah, but I enjoyed the pushes. That Hughes is quite the player. He sure, Brad. Um, they got some real Dawson Mercer. Uh, it's always fun to watch PK Subban. So there's definitely a, a, a better uptick to that team. But I agree, there's something about it that makes it a little bit stale at times. Yeah, there's a better uptick. I agree with you. And, and Jack Hughes is a very exciting player. But I got to tell you, I was really impressed how the Blue Jackets handled him last night. Uh, most of the time that he had the puck, he either had somebody on him or there was a stick on stick. Uh, he would he would get going fast, but a lot of the plays that he wanted to complete last night, he never got a chance to finish. You know, that's a really good point. And, and it makes you, like, going into that game last night, you kind of wonder because it's been some high-emotion games. It's been games that mean a lot. You know, good teams in the league, kind of that measuring stick. Carolina, Florida, Toronto, Pittsburgh. And then you see the Devils on the calendar and you wonder, is this team really on cue with what they are and how they need to play? And this is a big test to come in against the Devils and still play that stuffy style in your face. Um, the spark with Bayreuther, you know, he was emotionally, uh, he was charged up there when he dropped the gloves with Bastion. And, and I like to see that. We all like to see that. So you're right. The way they played the superstars, the way they crowded them, even when there was surges, Elvis made some saves, they got pucks out and they still continue, continue to frustrate. So that tells you that this team is now, and we talk about it the last three weeks, when you see them playing together, boy, it's, it's magical to watch. And it's, it's not, it's, it's in a different way because they just, they know their stamp and they come out with the ink uh wet on the stamper and they they make sure that the way they're supposed to play is on every game now and that makes them dangerous yeah and we talked about this the entire first half of the year finding your identity who are you what are you uh are you playing the way that you need to uh are you the team that you think you are all those things that we talked about but they are at that point now aren't they i get that impression that they now they know you're talking about guys out of the lineup zach Wierenski misses his fourth game last night the fact that they've won two of those four games um you know that's that's impressive in and of itself Adam Boquist goes out last night now you have two of your top defensemen that are out of there that's not even counting Jake Bean who's been out for weeks but Boquist goes out last night Jake Christensen comes in 
scores his first National Hockey League goal. It's just like if you play the way you're supposed to, these good things happen. You know what? It says a lot about you're, – you're right. It's the way you play. And I think that it goes back a few years that there are some things that are non-negotiable, not only with the coaching staff, but with the players. And teams, I don't care what level or what sport, you try to unite the guys to understand their roles – for the good of the team. And I totally get that sense. Now, when you watch games and when you watch the opposition and what they're trying to do, and, and when you go back to the start of the season, when this team was getting complimented by being called annoying, well, it's because they're always back checking. When you arrive to get the puck, they're in your face. It's that, uh, and there was a question if they were going to be able to play that way this year, but they sure have. So yeah, I agree with you, Bob. It, it's uh, it's there. And it's it's against the good teams and the teams that are equal or below them. And that's a really good indication this time of year. And now they're eight points back at the game in hand over Washington. And I know we shouldn't be looking at the standings, but guess what the players are doing? They're well aware of where they're at and what two points mean. And I think as a player, it's the motivation to play well to make sure that they do make this a difficult stretch for the management to say, hey, you know what, maybe we do need to reward these guys a little bit. I don't know if that, I don't think that's in the game plan. I don't think so at all. But as a player in the locker room, that's your goal. You know, you mentioned Gavin Bayreuther and him throwing the gloves down with Nathan Bastian last night. Uh, that was one example of physical play. And, you know, again, we've talked about how much the game has changed even recently. And, and you don't see so much hitting and you hardly see any fighting. But that was a good positive change. I thought on the other end, go back to that Jake Christensen goal, the way that goal came about, was Justin Danforth goes in, he lays a hit on the defenseman, Colton White. And I thought it was a clean hit. Obviously, the officials thought it was a clean hit because there were no whistles. It just, it was meant to be. And he went down and P.K. Subban had to come all the way over there and get in Justin Danforth's face. And what that led to eventually was Jake Christensen being able to pinch down the wall, get into the circle, be uncovered by the time Subban got away from Danforth and tried to go back and figure out where he was. It was too late. So there's an example of how the physical play affects the game in different ways. For New Jersey, they got distracted by it. In that case, it cost them a goal. And on the other end, with Bayreuther, when he initiated, it actually brought spark to the bench, something they needed. That's right. And, and the point of being that player that can disrupt the beehive and cause a little bit of chaos and cause a reaction uh, I think Danforth has is, is come back into the lineup with an even more of a resurgence. I notice him every game he's played. Uh, I notice it, whether it's a, a, an opportunity on net, a physical play on a forecheck, or a back-checking event. Uh, I like what he brings, that element. So, And I love that Cole Sillinger made the pass uh, over to Christensen. I mean, two young guys, two guys are going to be hopefully a part of this bright future. And you know, they're two guys that know each other from Western Canada. So quite a moment when you score your first goal, but when it's familiar and you see all the joy of those players, um, the whole sequence from start to finish, I agree with you, was awesome. But let's talk about that element a little bit, Bob, because I think teams are turning over stones all around the world, trying to find players that will go in and be physical. Uh, it's not that I like where the, the fighting has evolved. I like that it's just an emotional fight. It's a fight to stand up for your teammate or it's a fight to uh, because you don't like the way you were treated. I like the way Patrick Line sometimes gets upset and plays with emotion. He's not afraid to drop the gloves once or twice a year. I like that it's there and in the element, but I love the physical play on the forecheck because 
you know, some of these games, it looks like guys want to have an easy night. But when you're a team that you know the other team is like, oh, boy, Columbus, they won't quit. They're in your face. Uh, they've got some guys that are agitators. It's a nice dynamic, and it's a luxury to have at this, uh, at this juncture of, uh, of this league and, and, and probably all the professional sports. I think the basketball even, um, you know, sometimes those flag and fouls, you knew they were coming. Uh, and it was uh, it was always reacted to. Well, now it's not a flagrant foul. It's those plays that, you know, are borderline, but it, it brings teams together. It also fires up emotion uh, within a team. So it's a great dynamic to have. You know, you talked about Danforth and how he's been noticeable and he really, really has. Here's a guy that came over. He was playing over in Europe and he comes in 28 year old rookie in the National Hockey League. He uh, doesn't have a great camp, goes to Cleveland, comes back up, gets some looks suffers a knee injury, and is out for seven weeks. Here's what I really like about him, besides the way that he's playing the game. After those seven weeks, he comes back, and he just reads the room. There are other guys that have gotten playing time during that span, guys that have been playing well. He knows that he's got to come back in and make his mark. He's got to be noticeable if he wants to play. And it's doing all those things you said. And, oh, let's not forget, he had some of the – most quality chances on net last night, as a matter of fact, too, because what's easy to forget is if you look at his numbers when he played over in the KHL or anywhere in Europe, he was a scorer. He's kind of reinvented himself so he can play in the National Hockey League, but he still has that element to his game. I just love everything that he's bringing right now. Yeah, there's a lot to learn there and there's a lot to like, you know, and, and being out, let's go to that. That that absolutely stinks. You're a guy that made the move. You get an opportunity in the National Hockey League. You start getting some a, a little bit of traction. And the next thing you're out watching, and you're watching guys have success. And you want your team to have success, Bob. But there's an anxiety level that comes with it, that, that as a player, you want to be able to be out there. And you have to be patient with an injury. You have to wait to progress. And it's slow and it's tedious. But I love the level of appreciation, the gratitude of being there. The awareness of every single day making it count. It's all the things you talk about, but when you watch him out there, there's no stride or no shift without purpose. Whether he's playing six minutes or 12 minutes or whatever opportunity he gets, he's creating it. And so last night with Corrali and Domi, uh, you know, it was God's Corrali and, and him and, and um, Danforth. And I think he's earned the right to stay there. And, and you know, it says a lot about what he's doing, but it also says a lot about how smart he is and how keen he is and how appreciative he is. And those things bring, that's another level of a team dynamic that you can search for until it actually happens. You don't see it. So I love his, uh, he's got a veteran way about him. He's a veteran pro and, and what he brings on the ice. Yeah, I agree. It's a, uh, it's a rare dynamic and it's something that he's adjusted to. He's a pretty strong guy. He's not the biggest guy on the ice. You can tell he's strong in his skates. He's not afraid to get in there. And, um, you know, it's kind of following the Boone Jenner and Corrali mold, mold. And there's an identity with those guys that he understands. And I think, you know, I heard Patrick talking about Boone after the game, what kind of a leader he was. And I like what he said. And he said it genuinely to say, like, Boone leads. He doesn't say a lot. He just goes out and does it. And it it's, it's easy to follow. And it's hard to be a guy that doesn't want to play that way when you have that presence. So, the identity within this team, the way the bones are there uh, from Jenner being around and going through some successful years and having Corrali now at it, you know, there's a dynamic that other organizations don't have that now you can add pieces like Danforth, maybe these draft picks in the next couple of years where 
they're asserted in and they're a part of the process, not they're asserted in and it's like, okay, now what do we do? How do we do this now? You're the hero, you're top pick. You know, what is what are we going to be? So this organization is in a really good plot, place when it comes to that. All right, last thing I got for you on this. What did you think about the power play? No Wierenski, no Boquist. Brad Larson sent out five forwards on the power play. He had yeah. Line A, Jenner, Bjorkstrand, Voracek, and Domi as the top power play unit. That's a heck of a unit. I mean, that is a heck of a unit. You don't have the Zach Wierenski dynamic. The Boquist dynamic was working. Uh, but they're almost like forwards out there. So I love it. I think it's, uh, you know, I think Pascal Vincent runs a power play and has some, you know, a lot of talks with Brad Larson. It's putting your top offensive guys out there that all want to be out there, that have all earned it now to be out there. Uh, I love it. I mean, when you have a weapon like Line a who's confident and you have Voracek who's such a playmaker, I think you can assert URI in there too, Bob. And we could probably find a role within there just to, we probably won't have the puck much, but we can help create and be on the same page as they are. And you, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you can have that with those guys and um, key pieces are out, but boy, there's key pieces you just mentioned that are right there. And, you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand's a smart guy too. He's, he's in the middle of the ice and he's a big part of what's happened out there, but I think they're all on the same page as Jake Voracek. And it's like having a coach, you know, you have a good coach that can tell you what to do, but when you're on the ice and you understand things at a higher level, uh, that's the master of the power play. And I, I, I love the way it looks. Yeah, I do too. I loved it. I thought it was brave, but I loved how it looked and, uh, and they look comfortable out there as that group. And of course they would prefer getting Wierenski and or Boquist back in the lineup. So they don't have to do that, but until that time, it looks all right. Hey, coming up next, we're going to be joined by Jack Roslevic. He's found his game here in the last couple of weeks. Going to talk to him about that and also about what it's going to be like to be a blue jackets fan again for him, because he's going to sit and watch Rick Nash's number, go to the rafters on Saturday night before the game against the Bruins. Jack Roslevic joins us as the inside edge continues here on 97.1, the fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. The Blue Jackets with the day off today, getting ready to go back to action on Friday night against the Los Angeles Kings. And the Rick Nash retirement, uh, number retirement ceremony is coming up on Saturday night against the Boston Bruins. I'm Bob McElligot with Jody Shelley. And right now we're joined by Blue Jackets forward Jack Roslevic. And Jack, these last couple of games here, you've you've found your game. You're, uh, you're, you're noticeable. You moved up in the lineup once again here. Uh, what have you done? What have you been working on? What's clicking for you right now? Um, yeah, I mean, just trying to find, uh, you know, the trust in the coaches and being able to uh, be a reliable player, uh, not just offensively, but defensively. So, um, you know, between that and uh, getting winning faceoffs and then, like I said, just trying to find their trust and uh, be able to, uh, you know, understand the game and uh, get out there and, you know, PK and do all the roles. So it's uh, it's been going good. Yeah, the defensive part of the game was something you knew you had to work on coming in. I mean, that's something you were concentrating on anyway. Um, and when you talk about the penalty kill, do you enjoy penalty killing? Is it fun for you? I mean, it's a guy that has your speed and can attack when he has the puck, even on the penalty kill. Do you like that? Yeah, sure. I mean, of course, it's uh, it's one of those things I was talking to Buller about today. It's uh, it, it brings you back to, you know, you have one goal on the penalty kill is to keep the puck out of your net. So you're not really thinking about the offensive part of the game, which is, which is a good thing, you know, especially for a player who – 
um, you know, needs to work, be more defensive minded in, in some ways. It's uh, kind of brings you back to that and, and you're not really looking for anything. But, you know, I play PP too. So, you know, you know, PPs can get uh, can get lazy sometimes and you can definitely take advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So you see it on both sides, right? Sure. And yeah. I mean, if you get a forward back with your speed, I would imagine that uh, it's a green light. You want yeah. to attack. Yeah, for sure. The, the, but like I said, the number one goal of the PK is to keep the puck out of the net. So that's uh, that's the. You know, the first first thought. And the beauty of it, you play power play and penalty kill, which, just do the math. That's a lot more minutes in a game, right? Yeah, sure, for sure. <laughs> it is. Hey, Jack, when you, uh, when you get to get out there on the penalty kill, are you, like, you? I watch Corrali out there, and he's, you know, he's been doing it all year long. But for you, you seem to be learning by video and by watching these guys. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think uh, the the most where you you kind of learn it is in practice when you're the the PP and you're and they're going against you. Um, you know, you watch a guy like Corrali just get shot out of a cannon every time uh, on that guy on the half wall, and you know you see how effective it is and how hard it is to play against that. So uh, you just try to copy it. When I watch you play, I mean, especially coming into camp, you know, you start on that second line, you're throughout the lineup a little bit, you become a healthy scratch. I think one time this year your game is really coming along and, and do you credit what the work you did in the summer or do you think it's been like the past two months of where you've really figured yourself out here? Yeah, I think it's been, you know, the past couple months. Um, you know, it's one of those things I said, uh, you know, it's finding that trust, finding that, that defensive part of the game. And it's still not, you know, it's, it's still a work in progress, but um, you know, it's very, it's, I found it to be very deliberate and very, um, you know, one of those things that, you got to just set your mind to too. So it's one of those, uh, one of those things that it's you know every day you got to you got to work at it, and you know every game you got to right, make the right plays. You can't uh, you know you can't have those high risk turnovers or you can't have those uh, high risk plays, um, and just be patient throughout the game and be able to uh, you know take things as they come. It sounds so boring, right? But it's got to be. You're right. That's how you win, and and you guys must be having a blast right now doing this. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, we've won. I think it was a nine of fourteen or something like, or nine of nine of our last fourteen. So, um, it's great. You know, obviously, you've uh, you've seen winning teams. It's you know, it doesn't matter doesn't matter where you are. It's 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 always great when you win. The guy that came over with you in the trade was Patrick Line. You said great things about him, and last year, you know, we didn't really get to see him. You know, we didn't get to see what he is this year. Uh, have you ever seen him? be on this kind of a tear and can you give us some insight of of maybe how he's different this year in the locker room with you guys and how things are going well yeah that's that's you know i've i've seen i've seen even better than this um from him so it's uh it's crazy i think you know there was that one year he hadn't i think in you know 15 games in one month i think he had like 19 or 20 goals um so i've seen him do do some serious damage uh in, in the league and you know that's one of those things as as a elite goal scorer it's you know i can't even attest to it it's it's hard to score i, I can attest to how hard it is to score goals but to do it at that kind of rate it's definitely difficult but um yeah he's just super talented um i think he he's found kind of a calm calm good spot here in columbus and i think that he's uh he's getting really comfortable and just finding his game and you know he's one of those players that you know can can go on streaks like like uh he has been on right now um for him, it's just a matter of, you know, repeating and, and doing it over and over again. Talking with Jack Roslovic of the Blue Jackets, you know, we're talking about your game and, and, and getting it going and figuring it out. But as a team, it seems like you guys have really figured things out. You know, in the early part of the season, we're saying, uh, you know, 
what is your identity. You're trying to figure out who you are as a group, what you are as a group. Uh, it seems like you guys have that figured out right now. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's hard to say that, you know, you have something figured out because um, everything's kind of, you know, just a, a continuous uh, work in progress. So um, I think that we've found a, a really good game right now, um, something that we can always go back to. Uh, you know, I think the the work ethic's been outstanding. Obviously, we've had some uh, really good goaltending as well with JF, who was uh, amazing for those couple of games. And, and uh, you know, just be able to, you know, kind of scare teams with our speed and, and physicality. And, um, you know, it's it's fun to play and uh, fun to be a part of. You know, you mentioned JF Barube coming in and playing some games in goal. And, you know, sometimes Jody has talked about this before. Sometimes you get to that – 50 game mark and it can be the dog days and it's nice to have something like that happen where here comes a guy hadn't played in the league for four years works his tail off and it seemed like you guys kind of rallied around that and I mean you want to win games but it was like you wanted to play well for him too that's the sense that I got is that yeah, right most definitely yeah definitely when you have a guy like that and you know, a guy who works so hard and you know like you said hasn't played forever and um you know it's fun to fun to see him win and and fun to be a part of the, like I said and it's uh, it's something that you can you know all can kind of rally together and uh, kind of you know get some extra energy. Jack, I, I want to know what it's like for you to play at Nationwide Arena because you know it's got to be remarkable on any any given night. But I saw that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs the other night at home, and I was I had chills. Is it like that for you every night? I mean, what's the feeling for you? Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I've seen. I've seen Nationwide uh, Arena completely packed. I was talking to uh, Nate's a couple of days ago. He said he he didn't like Pittsburgh. This was one of his favorite games to favorite games to watch. And you know, I always go back to I I think it was Doobie who slid on his knees after he scored that big goal, and uh, you know how loud the rink was at that time. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. So I've seen you know I've seen the rink pretty uh, energetic, pretty loud, and it's one of those things that. You know, playing in front of it's definitely a, a totally different ball game, but it's uh, it's super fun. You know, we have a, a bunch of local alumni, and you bring up Doobie. I don't know if you saw the other night the first TV timeout. There was a nice uh, little uh, on on uh, the scoreboard. Doobie sitting in the stands watching you. Uh, that's got to be pretty cool for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I had watched him play <laughs> a lot of games. Got the pleasure to play against him too. So. Um, it's fun to it's fun to see guys like that come back and, and support and um, still want to be a part of the organization and part of the part of the city and um, you know try to make uh, our community better. Have you moved out of your mom's house yet? Yes, yeah. Because I know you got stuck there with COVID and everything yeah. going on, so you yeah. you're on your own again. Yep. How's that going? It's great. Yeah, it's a lot of nice places to live around here and uh, a lot of friends from you know growing up in childhood. So get to uh, stay away from the rink as, as much as possible. So you kind of get checked out. Hey, what kind of player were you when you were 12, 13, 14 years old? Were you taking the puck end-to-end and just dominating? How was it here for you in the AAA yeah. program? Um, <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I was actually just at my little brother's game at Chiller Easton uh, last weekend, and uh, it was just funny watching those kids skate around and um, trying to remember what I was uh, what I was doing back in the day. I think – you know, I think I was one of those guys that you know got to skate around, and you know, but but when you're when you're that young, you just I always just stress just to have fun, um, you know, go out there and, and enjoy what you're doing, enjoy time with your friends, enjoy time, uh, you know, just being active. So um, it's one of those things that you know you just just go out there and and just love it. And you had some pretty good players to play with as well, didn't you? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously we uh, grew up with Cole. We grew up with a couple NHL, you know, current NHL players and, and American League players. So it's uh, it was a fun team, and it was a it was a fun group of uh, of guys that you know I'm still uh, connected with today. And when you guys like, I go to the Chillers like you, and and everyone's talking about lack of ice time. There was no battery. There was no not a lot of high school hockey. Are you amazed at the development here? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's it's gotten way bigger since I uh, since I was younger. But um, I think the the more even even crazier thing is that I think it's just gonna get even bigger. So I th- I can't wait for that, and and can't wait to see where you know the AAA program goes, where you know the youth hockey programs go, and to be a part in helping that grow as well. Yeah, that's a good point. When you talk about helping that, you guys are. By playing well, the more you win, the more fans pay attention, the more kids want to play the game, all of that stuff. And you also mentioned, like, Brandon Dubinsky being a part of this community again. You know, it's kind of funny because you're a guy that grew up in this community, and, and now you're back again. Uh, what is it like to see these former NHL players, Brandon Dubinsky, uh, Derek Dorsett. Jody Shelley. Jody Shelley. <laughs> Very good. Um, I always take this guy for granted. I'm around him so much, I take him for granted all the time, I know. Um, you know, Rick, Rick Nash. Nash. Rick Nash, yes, I was getting there. Um, you know, what's it like for you to see those guys coming back to make this their home, what has always been your home, and is now, you know, it's your home again as a player? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I don't have... I don't have kids, but they always say that uh, it's a great place to raise a family, and uh, I would agree with that. Um, so it's cool to see them back, and it's cool to see them uh, be a part of, you know, the organization, and like I said, just the community of Columbus, and uh, try to grow the hockey culture. And you know, you obviously see even uh, Toots and Testy and all these guys that you that you miss. There's a lot of them. Um, so it's cool to see these guys back and um, be able to, you know, have wanna wanna affect the community and and you know be a bigger part than you know just a hockey player. Absolutely. Fetter Tutin coaching in the AAA program. Mark Letestu now an assistant coach in Cleveland. All of them finding their way back to Central Ohio to be a part of the Blue Jackets. Jack Roslovic is our guest. Our conversation continues here on the Inside Edge after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge on Saturday night. Rick Nash will have his number 61 retired by the Blue Jackets. We hope you're going to be at the game against the Boston Bruins. Make sure you're in your seat by 5.30 because the ceremony will begin at 5.45 and the ceremony is presented by Ohio Health and Nationwide Insurance. We're with Jack Roslovic right now. Jack, let's talk a little bit about Rick Nash. When you were growing up, you were watching Rick Nash with the Blue Jackets. Now you're a Blue Jackets player that is going to be watching this ceremony take place on the ice. When you look back at it, how special was Rick Nash, not just to the Blue Jackets, but to the Central Ohio community? And how big of an honor is this? How thrilled are you that you're going to get to see his number get retired on Saturday? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I mean, I I don't really have I'm a little loss for words when it comes to it. It's, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, times I grew up watching him. I grew up wanting to be, you know, uh, what he was and what he is. And uh, like I said, to see him come back and, you know, not only help the organization, but help the, help the community. Um, I mean, he's been doing it for, you know, countless years now. So it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see, uh, you know, what he did, um, what he's done and, you know, be a part of what he's, uh, what he's doing now. So it's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I always tell the story. Um, I had a, a, a little figurine of him, 
and it said happy birthday jack on it i think i got it for like my 10th birthday and you know i still had it i had it in a box and i uh i texted him and i said hey you know this would be maybe uh something your kids would be interested in um i know it says my name but you know it's it's pretty little cool action figure and he says yeah bring it in so uh i brought it in and i saw his wife a couple of weeks ago at the rink uh for something and i said how'd your kids like the the action figure or whatever and she goes what action figure and, <laughs> and uh, I go the action figure I gave him he's like, I said he, he said that he would give it to his kids and he she goes uh it never left his desk <laughs> so I think he kept it for himself so I think even that's great I think even he uh you know obviously he's going to be you know emotional and uh, you know he he knows what he's done here and you know he's affected a lot of kids he's affected me he's affected um you know kids worldwide so to be able to have a guy like that and to go into the rafters, super special being the first one. So it's uh, just exciting for him. Was he your favorite player? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sorry, Jody. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, I want to ask you. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I know. I don't know what it's like to grow up in an NHL city and, and, and have these guys accessible. Do you remember the first time you ran into him or met Rick Nash or around or yeah. anywhere? Yeah. No, I uh, – I remember, I remember texting with him um, a couple times before I went up to the, the national development program. Um, you know, I forget who put us in contact, but I had been contacted with a, been contacted by a couple guys. Uh, you know, Columbus guys, Columbus players at the time, um, and uh, just be able to uh, hear hear what they said, hear heard their advice, and um, it was pretty it was pretty cool to you know have those guys reach out. I uh, between talking with him and. You know, Doris and Cam, and you know, like I said, all the all the guys that are around. Uh, it's it's super cool to have them have them back too, and and it's special to to hear from guys like that. And now now where I am, I uh, you know I had that lesson and I had that privilege uh, to be able to talk to those guys. And you know, I try to do that the best I can now with uh, reaching out to kids who you know commit to colleges or, or or stepping up to the next level and being able to give them words of encouragement and, and be able to support them along their career paths. Yeah, it's a special place to be. Um, you guys were season ticket holders, right, for the Blue Jackets growing up? Yeah. So, I mean, you were you guys didn't miss a game. You guys watched and followed Rick all along. Yeah. Do you have any good memories of Rick at Nationwide Arena, something where you're like, I can't believe I was here for that or I, I was a part of it? Um, God, I mean, there's – he scored so many. It's pre-Twitter, yeah, so, you know, yeah, you can't, I mean, we can't just go back and look it up probably. No, I know. He scored so many goals here. I mean – so many, yes, yeah, so many good moments. Um, he had a couple good fights too. He was pretty tough. Rick wasn't afraid to yeah, throw I down. I don't remember many watching many of those live. Um, you know, I always liked liked watching him during those rivalry series, though, and how good he was. Um, I remember how dominating he was. You know, against you know the teams that came in and and the Nashvilles and and those guys who who uh, you know kind of. When we had rivalries, I guess more bigger rivalries, I guess Jody. We, we saw them all the time, it. yeah, yeah Nashville, and how uh, you know he would he would be that player who would step up and and be able to uh, bring that extra edge, whether it's you know being chippy or, or scoring goals, which he uh, did a lot of. So um, you know, just watch him kind of take over as a leader and you know be a guy that you know everyone talked about. Um, you know, not even they didn't even know hockey, but they knew Rick Nash. Yep. I, I think that's going to be cool because, um, like, the players are going to be able to come out and sit on the bench and just watch the ceremony, right? So, for a guy like you, 
You're back to being a fan of Rick Nash. It's, it's like when you were a kid, except you got a much better seat. Yeah. No, I mean my seats were pretty good actually. <laughs> I was right behind. I was right behind the glass behind the visitors bench. So I guess I'm one row. Ah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Bang on that glass a lot for the visitors. At, yeah, at the a little time. bit. I'm sure I was. You know. <laughs> Ten years old, I'm loud, sure obnoxious ten year old behind yeah, exactly. the visitors bench. The same, uh, the same officer uh, who uh, was working since day one was. He remembers me when I was just a just a young kid running around. So it's funny to talk to him now too. I want to ask you a question. You talked about being out at the Easton Chiller. When you get out to the Chillers, because uh, when when I first moved here, you know Rick was playing and. When my kids started playing, there were a lot of number 61s around the rinks at yeah. the time, right? Yeah. Um, you see any number 96s in the rinks yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my brother wears Come on. He wears 28, which is my old number. I've seen a few out there. I don't think I've seen any. You go to more You go to more youth hockey games than I do. Uh, yeah, they're out there. They might be out there. I'm sure. I, ho- I hope they're out there, obviously. Like I said, yeah, they're I, out there. I hope that I can uh, you know, be an inspiration to some of these young kids who are uh, playing and you know, I'm obvious. I'm trying to do it too with, uh, you know, just individually and, and the platform that I have. Um, you know, trying to make it a, a better a better community. Now oh, that's great. How about your shot? Your shot the other night. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, you know that I, was wicked. I I weirdly, you know, have like like look for that, you know, at least once a year or something like that. So you try to try to sneak it in there every uh, every year. There was a fine line between going over the net or going right in there and boy you you made a count it was nice to see yeah yeah it's, those are uh it's always nice to it's nice to do but uh you know it's uh it's all it's all about the uh, it's all about the wins and the losses though at the end of the day so it's tough but you know it's always good for the confidence i know but you're knocking on the door for 10 now you're in a good spot <laughs> you're cruising things are good it's fun to watch you Cool. <laughs> Jack, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, your time. And uh, hey, enjoy the ceremony on Saturday night. As a fan, I know you got games to play. You got the Kings game on Friday, and you got the Bruins game after the ceremony. But soak it all in, man. Be a fan again. And hey, continued best of luck to you playing as well as you are right now. Yeah, you too. There he is, Blue Jackets forward Jack Roslovic. Stay tuned. We're going to complete this week's edition of the Inside Edge right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. It was great to have Jack Roslovic on the show with us. And, Jody, you can always tell when Jack's game is elevated because he gets elevated in the lineup. Well, and he should. And I think, you know, Jack is Jack has earned it. You know, it's been a long process with Jack. And I go back to the summer, and I remember being in the rink and seeing him sitting down with Jared Bull every Wednesday watching video how to play the center ice position. And it's a challenge. And it's a guy that in Winnipeg, was moved around a little bit. Wing, couldn't play center. Center when uh, he had to a few games, out of the lineup, gets traded, comes here. Where does he fit in? Well, they've really taken a step back and said, okay, you're going to play center. And now they're 50 – oh, he's played 50 games this year. And he's a player that's starting to figure it out, that, you know, you can't be high risk at sometimes uh, – at wrong times, more importantly. Uh, he's He's got such skill. He plays with his head up. Uh, he's a guy that can put the puck in the net, but more importantly, he's a really good pivot. He's understanding in the middle of the ice, how to distribute that puck to his wingers. And he's played with almost everyone in the lineup. I don't think he's played with Voracek and line. A. I know he did uh, last year a little bit, but he hasn't played in that coveted spot, but he's now understanding the duties. And I love the penalty kill time for Jack Rossovic because it's more responsibility out of necessity 
but he's proving that he's he can run those routes and be assertive, much like everyone else has asked of on the power play uh, or on the penalty kill, excuse me. And he's taking those extra minutes. So good on him. I love to see him get rewarded. Uh, he's a guy that I pull for and a local kid, you know, nice to catch up with him and, and, and see how he's doing and, and just hear his voice and, and talk a little bit, not just on the ice, but off the ice. All right, I want to talk to you about what's going to go on Saturday uh, with the Rick Nash number retirement. Rick, of course, is a former teammate of yours. Uh, he's back here with the organization working in the front office. I've only seen one of these live and in person, and that was in Tampa a couple of years ago when Martin St. Louis had his number retired. I thought it was great. It, it was fun just to be there and, and watch the appreciation and, and everything that was going on. And I'm looking forward to this Saturday night. Um, what, are, what are your expectations? What are your feelings on this? Well, it's a real shine on the organization, right? I mean, it takes time to have players come through their system, make an impact, um, you know, show the organization so well, and then retire and come back. And then you step back and you appreciate the moments. I mean, how many times have we shown the board where players are getting, you know, second or third, Atkinson, Felino? whether it's games played as a Blue Jacket, points, assists, uh, overtime winners, whatever it is, and who's at the top is Rick Nash. He was the player that produced so much. Uh, he was a young captain in the organization. Uh, the organization was at a different time in transition when he came in and probably a couple more transitions over his tenure here. Um, but, it, you know, when you think of the Blue Jackets, you think of that emblem, you think of Nationwide Arena, he's the player you think about because he's a superstar. The kids recognize him in town. Uh, he was on the video games. He was the face of the franchise. He went to, uh, what, what did he do? Seven all-star or six or seven all-star games or something like that. You know, he represented the organization on a higher level. So, you know what, Jersey retirements, we just saw Pekka Rene's in, in Nashville. He was, he stayed there the whole time. He's a player that is adored. Uh, and, and when you think of Nashville, you think of that player. For that night, I expect great things. I mean, he's got a really tight-knit, close-knit circle uh, with, and those players will be back to, to participate in with them. Um, I think it's an exciting time for the city and the Columbus Blue Jackets because you're going to honor a guy who did so much for the team and the city and the organization. Uh, and 61 to go up in the rafters is, a, is, is, a, is something he deserves and he's earned. So I expect the fans to come in and appreciate him. Uh, appreciate what he did for his time here and understand that this is not just uh, not only a proud thing in Columbus, this is a thing the league looks at and says, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And that's the way it should be. And if you're coming to the game on Saturday night, and we hope that you are be in your seat by 530 because that ceremony will start about 545. And uh, it'll be the game's going to start a little bit later than seven o'clock. I can tell you that right now, <laughs> Jody. The other thing about that game is it is the Boston Bruins. Nick Foligno's yeah. coming back for the first time. Uh, that's great. But in the playoff scheme of things, as you talked about earlier, looking at playoff standings, Boston is one of those teams that you're chasing for the last playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. The Blue Jackets haven't played really a four point game in you know two years at this time of the season, late in the season. Last year was kind of a wash this year. They hope that they're in it. This is pretty important. It's massive. And, and you think of that. Go back to the draft when the Blue Jackets got the pick from Chicago. Uh, for Seth Jones. And that puts them in a different spot today than if this team was surging like they are and they're in the bit middle of uh, two good years of drafts. And 
you know, this team now has a legitimate case to say, no, we're in this. We want to like Boone Jenner, Zach Wierenski. I know I bring up their names all the time, but they're used to being in the playoffs. Zach Wierenski won a championship in Cleveland, his first year pro, his first minute in pro. And then he comes here and he's all he's known as the playoffs, except the past couple of years. So these guys want to get back there. You want to be in that spot where you're in the playoffs, you're rolling up your sleeves, you're going at your, you have a strategy for the next se the seven game series. There's no better time. So, you know, I look at this team and, and there's part of me that thinks no way they're going to be sellers at the deadline. You know, this is a team that has to stay the course and, and try to rebuild and get, or not rebuild, but add to this great culture through the draft. But then I think, Oh, that pick down there, you know, that could be a top, it could be the third pick overall. Hey, wait a second. You know, there might be something here. So I love it. I think that, you know, they got the Bruins in town. You want to you want to keep what's happening, rolling with this team and the way they're playing on the ice. The players can feel it. Uh, we can see it. Uh, this sets up to be a heck of a stretch when you got uh, L.A., who's a great team right now, coming into Nationwide Arena on Friday. You got the Rangers on Saturday or sorry, the, the Bruins on Saturday. Why did I say the Rangers? The Bruins on Saturday. Then you got the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, on Monday. So what a stretch here, Bob, for this team. An exciting, uh, we'll call it a long weekend ahead. Yeah, it will be a long weekend. Last week, we were talking about that four-game stretch, Florida, yeah. Carolina, or Toronto, Florida, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Blue Jackets went 500 in that stretch. They won two out of the four, and now it's another busy one this week. But hey, that's what it is. At this time of the year, you're playing a lot of games. Fortunately for the Blue Jackets, Hey, they're playing these games at home, and this is a place they've been very comfortable all year playing at Nationwide Arena. So hopefully that will continue. Again, L.A. is here on Friday night, 7 o'clock. Bruins are here on Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Be in your seats at 5.30 for the Rick Nash Ceremony brought to you by Ohio Health and Nationwide. And then on Monday at 7 o'clock, it is the Toronto Maple Leafs. As Jody said, what a long weekend, a great long weekend at Nationwide Arena. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Inside Edge. We'd like to thank Jack Roslevic for being our guest tonight. He'll be looking to have a big weekend himself against those three teams. That's going to do it for this week's show. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying thanks for listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1, The Fan.